This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. You know, that journey through life. Um, how many of you wake up in the morning and say, I know exactly what I'm going to do today. Then when you put your head on the pillow at the end of the day, it's like, what did I do? I did something totally different. Or I didn't do what I thought I was going to do. In fact, the last couple of Sundays, I've been finding, Bridget, that... Um, Bridget, right? Brigitte. Okay. Um, I find that I've become what I'm calling lazy and I love it. I've never allowed myself to take a day where I can just say to my husband, I'm not going to do anything. And he looks at me and he goes, well, that's great because I'm not going to do anything either. Um, and we should sometimes do it together and sometimes we do it alone. But today we're going to talk about your journey and, you know, who did you think you were going to be when you were a little girl or in high school or as a young adult? Did you think that you were going to be the person you are today? Oh, heck no. <laughs> I love the honesty. <laughs> so what did you dream of when you were a little girl? Because I know what I dreamt of it. Never made that. What was it? You know, I remember telling my parents when I was eight or nine years old, it was a summer evening, we were sitting on the front porch, and I pointed to a house down the street, and I said, someday, I'm going to get married, we're going to live in that house, and on Friday nights, we're going to come to your house for dinner, and on Sunday morning, you're going to come to our house for brunch, and my mother looked at me, and she said, oh, that sounds delightful. And then four years later, we moved out of the neighborhood. In fact, we moved to a whole other state, a whole other area. And I never thought about that ever again until maybe the last couple of years when I thought, that was such a sweet dream. I wonder what that would have been like. And then I realized it doesn't matter. I have lots of other memories. So who did you want to be? What did you, where did you want to end up? Not here. <laughs> but um I wanted to be a famous model when I grew up well that went pear-shaped um but then I was very contradictory because I also wanted to become a nun because I was just I loved my own company and I thought well, that would be just nice and quiet whereas the other the opposite of the spectrum was hey I want to be famous well who doesn't want to be famous you know when they're young they look up to their idols oh my gosh I was very much into new kids on the block um, <laughs> well you could have been a nun famous enjoying new kids on the block <laughs> yes yes uh, but no life didn't pan out that way and in a way I, I'm glad because I always say regardless of what we go through Regardless where we are at this point in our lives, we are exactly where we need to be. And even if we go through immense suffering and trauma, it's at this present moment is where you can commence to create a better life. But it's always looking forward, not backward. But that's that's part of the healing process. Yeah, I am where I am today, and I'm glad I'm. I'm, I'm where I'm at because without all these experiences, I wouldn't be who I am. Well, you know, I love how you said that because my youngest son, um, when he was six years old, he was diagnosed on the autism spectrum. 
and very high functioning. So a lot of people didn't believe he was on the spectrum. But one day somebody interviewed him. They said, if you had a choice not to be on the spectrum, would you take a magic pill that would take it away? And his answer has always been no, because that's who I am. And he, you know, in the beginning, he fought it because he wanted to fit in with other people. But today he does fit in, but he still, you know, marches to his own drum. And he says, you know, if I would have been able to be so-called cured, he said, then who would yeah. I be today? Yes. And, you know, I, I adore him for that because we all are born with certain things. And sometimes we don't know about them till later in life. Um, I never thought I was very smart when I went to school. I struggled. And then many years later, when I went back to college, I got honors. And I realized I was learning differently. Okay. I was more engaged the second time around. The first time around, I had to go to school. I had to make certain grades. So you had sort of mentioned a little bit in the intro that you're here, but here is where. Let's talk about that. Where where are you? In my skin. I love that's perfect. That is absolutely yeah. I'm in my zip top meat suit. So obviously there was a time that you didn't feel comfortable in your own skin. Absolutely. Let's sort of talk about that. What was the catalyst if you know what it was? And how did you slowly move out of it? Well, uh, the catalyst. Oh, there were a couple. Well, there were a couple of things, and and I love the fact that you touched on the fact with your son uh, being on the spectrum and not quite fitting in. And I think many people don't fit in. I never fitted into the mold of society, and that caused me so much unease within myself. Because you're trying to fit into a mold that doesn't agree with your soul. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. So, but for me, you know, I, I was abused as a kid by a friend of the family. And had that not happened, my trajectory would have been different. But it happened. And I carried it with me for about nine years until I was 19. But in the interim, you know, my, my father crossed over when I was 14. I just turned 14. I was already uh, nicely throwing my lunches out yeah. at school. And uh, I would eat very nicely at the dinner table. Um, so my mom was really none the wiser. I was bullied at school because I was very skinny. So that's the one thing I will always say. When you suffer from trauma and you don't heal it, then one bit of trauma creates another bit of trauma. And this went on for years. I mean, even in the modeling industry, I was assaulted uh, in New York by a hairdresser, actually. I was always rejected, always rejected. And every agency I went to, they didn't really like me because I looked too much like Brooke Shields. Um, but going to castings and just, you know, waiting for two hours and then it was your turn. It was just, it was 
it really dented my self-worth. I mean, I was already skinny. I was tall, lanky, 5'11". And um, that really dented my self-worth a lot. Um, and then when my stepdad passed away in 2000, I my mom was leaning on me. And it was just emotionally, it was difficult for me because I couldn't lean on anyone. So I didn't have a form of, I couldn't open up to anyone. And so I had a group of friends and I kind of rolled into drugs for several months. Uh, oh gosh, I took too many when I blacked out. And um, that was it. It was like a wake up call. Like, you know, what are you doing with your life? Sure. What are you doing? And so years went by and I was, you know, my superpower was not eating. I was great at that. Ooh. And I was really good at taking on every single job, even in, in New York. It doesn't matter where I was. I was always working. But it was bartending, hostessing, doing promo work, doing admin work. I was always on the go. That's what I, I was good at that. But I was brilliant at running from my own emotions. And um, the universe must have thought, yeah, Brigitte, you're not really learning, are you? So I rolled into several dysfunctional relationships. But the one in 2009 was the one where I hit very bottom of the rock. I really hit my head. And it was like, oh, well, what am I going to do now? And it was very traumatic because my ex was a was a track addict something I didn't even know and uh he came over to to Holland to live with me from the states paid for his uh flight yeah very bad very bad I shouldn't have paid for his flight yeah because that's how we um that's how I always say that's why how we enable someone um people need to be responsible for their own lives i was like oh my gosh i want to be someone's hero i want to have a refer project every relationship was like that like oh but you know this person has potential i can change him you can't change that person person has to change themselves exactly exactly and so because he 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 was like a part-time crack addict i had never seen I'd never, I, I mean, I was really shocked. Um, and he wanted to get rid of his demons. He just wasn't ready at that time. I um, tried to get him to like a, a clinic, but he needed to have a Dutch um, uh, national insurance or a, a Dutch social. And then um, he got in with the wrong crowd with the Dutch Crips and he was held for ransom. He stole from them. Anyhow, I helped the police. My mom got me out of Holland and I moved um, a couple of streets uh, down from her and I I just yeah I mean the leader of the Chris called me and I always tell this story I mean I can laugh about it now because it was just an experience but not sure. at the time um yeah. and he said if I ever if I'm ever gonna find you he said I'm gonna kill you you gonna find your ex you will never find him again because he'll be dead in a ditch somewhere so that was like oh my god oh my god and I took a whole box of ibuprofen and um that actually did nothing for me, a knock on wood, uh, except give me a good night's sleep. And, uh, you know, I woke up the next day thinking, yeah, I cannot go on like this anymore. And just for the record, just to put the record straight, my ex is doing pretty well right now. You know, he sorted out his whole life. And that's really, really amazing. It took him a couple of years, but it's, I think it's amazing. I take my head off to him for that. But I needed to sort out my own life. So that was, for me, that was a catalyst. You know what? I need to get better. And before I took the holistic route, I went to see a counselor. 
And after an hour, the counselor just said to me, Brigitte, you'll be fine. You're strong enough. Okay, thank you very much. Not sure what I'm going to do with that. And so <laughs> I opted for the holistic route. And uh, I, you know, I looked online and I found a Reiki healer. And as I always say, she was my saving grace. And that was the start of really my proper holistic journey because I studied so much and I eventually I became a Reiki master as well, but I studied many, many other healing modalities and yeah, so that was the start. Don't think it it stopped there because, oh no. Well, it never stops because we do take our baggage with us. Okay. Mm. And yes, we hope that we learn from it. Yes. But there are times that it's so much easier just to unpack it and say, yes. oh, I'm going to take you because maybe it'll be different. And, it's, and it typically isn't. But you, you said a couple of things there that, you know, I can so relate to, and I think our audience can as well, is that we don't necessarily realize the harm we're doing to ourselves by not digging deep and saying, I'm happy, I'm unhappy, this works, this doesn't work. Um, I remember yep. my my father's mother, my grandmother said to me one day, Karen, the best way that you can be happy is make everybody else around you happy. And as a young child, I was a crier. And I had to focus, don't cry, because if you cry, people won't be happy. So do something for everybody. And I was constantly doing something, whether it was right or wrong. And I took that into my first marriage. And, yeah. you know, I had a husband at the time that he didn't know what to do with it. Okay. It was like, and we didn't have great conversations about it either, but it was constantly, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. And then when I didn't get anything back in return, yep. I would cry. I was upset. And he'd look at me like, you know, but it's not my fault. And it wasn't until many years later after I met my current husband that I realized that we weren't communicating about it because I never did as a youngster. Why would I do it as yeah. a young wife? But still, there are a lot of people that don't want to hear those conversations either. And for many years, I just got pulled into, well, I'm going to make you happy. Okay. You know, yeah. and I started doing that even when I started my business. And you know, somebody would say to me, no, I'm not available until 11 o'clock tonight to do a show. And I'd go, oh, no problem. And finally, I looked in the mirror and I said, who is this woman? Like, yeah you're not enjoying what you're doing anymore. So I see how that happened for you as yes. well in many cases, but you finally in some ways left that bad scene. Okay. You moved away from it. Um, but were you dependent on your mom because you moved so close? Because it sounds like you were always sort of dependent on something or someone um, you know, I've, the truth is, Karen, I've moved more times than my age and I'm nearly 50. I'm 50 this year. And 
my mom was always a base for me that where I could go back to, even if it was for a week. Um, but she's, uh, you know, she's getting older now, but she's okay. And she's like, Brigitte, it doesn't matter where you are, which I know anyway. Um, but she's like, I can always come and visit. And she's been here too. Um, so yes, yes. But I do want to talk. Can I, I just want to rewind a little sure, bit. Go ahead. Because you were talking about, you know, making other people happy. And how many people don't do that? Oh, mea culpa. I've done it too. Oh, my goodness. I had like this um, welcome mat. And it said, oh, yeah. You know, wipe your feet. It's okay. It's Brigitte. Brigitte will bend over and listen to you and do whatever you want. I'm what was like a magic genie in the lab. You know, I would adjust, I would adapt, but I, you know, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. I made other people comfortable, but I wasn't comfortable because right. I was beating myself up and trying to make, you know, walking to the ends of the earth, trying to make other people happy. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? It's that self-worth, that value, you know, that acceptance. And it's all about that love for ourselves and looking in the mirror and telling ourselves. My dad used to say this, you know, tell yourself that you love yourself. Do you know how hard that is? It is hard. It's very hard. But, yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say that because my dad used to stand in front of the mirror in the morning and he got up many hours before the rest of us, but he woke us up because he would scream into the mirror, hey, handsome, it's a beautiful day. And I remember my brothers and I would look at him and go, seriously, dad? And he'd go, who else better to tell themselves that they're handsome, that they have goodness inside of them? Yes. My, my dad was not a well man. He hid it most of his life, but we knew that he, he wasn't well. And yet, even with every heart attack this man had, yeah. he went in with this energy that, okay, you don't, you're not taking me away yet. I'm, I'm going to spring back. And those were the things that I learned, didn't put into practice right away. But it was like, okay, when's it my turn to do that? And when I finally decided, almost like you said you did, you found somebody, you know, whether it was Reiki or um, a counselor or a friend. In my case, it was my youngest son. He looked at me one day and he said, you are not happy. You are depressed. I don't want to be around you. And it was like, oh, my God. Like, how do you know that about me? But he knew it because he has had those feelings himself. He didn't want to be around somebody else who was like that. Yeah. And it it propelled me. Okay, we're going to find a way to get through this. And that's when I started looking out the window and going, okay, it's a snowy gray day here in Cleveland, Ohio. But you know what? The sun is behind the clouds. Yes. And in a couple of weeks, it's going to get warm because it's going to be spring. And when I started thinking those positive energy things, it was like, okay, I can, I can make myself happy. Yes. So I think that's did, beautiful. 
So how yeah, did I the do. Reiki do it? Because I've had Reiki. Yeah. Either I'm not in tune with it sometimes. And other yep. times it's like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. So explain yeah. this to us. So for me, Reiki was beautiful. It, it helped balance me out, but it also helped heal my fragmented energy because I was so far down the chute, down the drain, um, that she, she kind of picked me up and I was, it, it was very profound for me at the time. I mean, I don't do Reiki anymore because I've moved on from that, but that's that I'll get to that later. But it just really, it was like, I could breathe again. And I, re I you know, it, it was a journey back to myself again, because my soul had been like ripped out of my body, so to speak. That's how I felt. And I, was I depressed? I was probably depressed. I've never, you know, I don't, for some people, they, 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 they get, uh, uh, they go to the doctor and they get prescribed something. But I always say that's very much suppressing on the emotions because you can't band-aid what you're feeling. You need to let it out. Yes. You need to grab the bull by the horns, you know, chop the roots and, and just heal. Um, but to each their own, honestly, to each their own. Because I always say there's no right or wrong or in how you decide to live your life and how you decide to experience it. But uh, yes. That was really just a sigh of relief for me. That's how I felt with Reiki. And I, I mean, I studied so many healing modalities, EFT, emotional freedom technique. Powerful. Right. So simple. So simple. And Karen, it works. It really works because you tap out the emotions. You tap the emotions out of the experiences and that trigger is gone. The trigger in the hypothalamus is gone. It's just... And, you know, trying to understand our triggers is very, very important. You know, we talk about that when it comes to foods that might make us ill or something like that. But we don't always talk about it in our everyday life. Um, I remember what, so I'm going to backtrack. In 2016, um, my mother had a stroke. Oh. She had no idea she had a stroke. Okay. She went blind from the stroke, had no idea she was blind. She thought she could see. She was 96 and a half years old. And wow. the doctor said to us, well, we could send her to physical, we could send her to therapy. And I said, but she doesn't know she's blind. And we weren't telling her because the doctors were afraid that that would trigger something else for her. So, I mean, she swore she would look at me and she'd go, oh, I love that, you know, striped blouse you're wearing. And I'd say, oh, thank you. And I wasn't wearing a striped blouse. I may have been wearing something totally different. But we went along with it. But it was watching my mother realizing I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And it was time for me. Yes, I wanted to make her comfortable and happy because we knew that, as the doctor said, she may have a day, she may have years, but, you know, she's coherent enough to have this conversation, but she's not coherent enough to get back on her feet, to see whatever. And 
I started realizing that we all have deficits. And if we can understand what those deficits are and work with them, yeah. guess what? We're, we're going to come out of this. We're going to come out smiling. And I actually wrote about it yesterday, the last two and a half months of her life, in some ways, were the most beautiful time of my life. Because I got to understand myself better. Yeah. I had the time with her. I got to understand her. Because again, her brain was free to say whatever it wanted to say. Yeah. So... Too bad we don't do that on a daily basis, except when we're faced with a situation. But it sounds like that's what you do, that you, you're looking for the positives all the time. I, I, I am. And, you know, it's also a perspective. And I think that's a really beautiful example that you just gave, uh, you know, with your mother, especially the last two months. Because we learn from each other. And that's why I always say we are reflections of one another. We're teachers of one another. So if we wrap our brains around that, then it's like we stop pointing the fingers and we start to listen. We hold that space for other people. We listen to one another. Because, you know, back in the 80s, it, life was very different. Very different. Even in the 70s, it was different. Right. But. We didn't have all these technologies, mobile phones, laptops, you name it. Um, I remember when the telex, you know, came out, we had it in the in the attic. When it would go, we would hear it. We'd run up the stairs, my yeah. sister and I. Let's check. But communication was different. And people communicated far more from the heart. Um, you know, they were open to one another, communicated, listened to one another. These days, people barely make time for one another. Everything is electronic. Yes, absolutely. Just like this conversation today. It but is, but it's different. Right. Now, tell me, you said that you moved away from Reiki. So what does that mean to you that you moved away? What is it that you do that's different? Uh, what I do now, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I still do healing. I love my doTERRA oils, Aroma Touch. Um, but I also, I mean... In 2013, I bought a place out in St. Petersburg, moved there, I think the end of 2014 sometime, uh, met someone, and he was like controlling, possessive, moved from ooh, an hour away, yeah. let's move three doors down from Brigitte, ooh, with my two cats, oh, great, I was allergic to them, I'm like, I don't want them, I do not want them in my house. I want to build a cattery in the back garden. Yeah, ha ha not happening. Well, what about the garage? No, not happening. So he moved two doors down. And it was like then he lost his mom and had a he had a reckless. He, he fell into a very deep depression because he didn't want to lose me, but he was trying to sort out his life. And oh, what did Brigitte do? The universe was getting the popcorn. They're like, oh, what's Brigitte gonna do? And what did I do? Well, I helped him to the ends of the earth. Oh, I paid some of his bills. I got him food because he didn't have any money and he couldn't he couldn't really get a job, but I found him one. And uh, but I couldn't get him out of this funk. But in the meantime, I was working seven days a week. <laughs> so I had my own bills to pay. Right. Even though my house was mortgage-free. And um, then I did something really, really stupid. 
I call it stupid because I'm like it's I I suffer from donkey syndrome sometimes and when I say that it's like oh well we've done this experience well let's do it again right <laughs> let's do that same programming right. even though I've learned a lot but again we're like oh I was starving myself working like it working like an idiot and people would say to me oh you're really skinny yes my metabolism is really fast well, I mean, it was pretty fast when I was a kid. I was always tall and lanky. So, and um, then I sold my home. I sold the home that I loved so much. And then I bought another one and it was a bit of a money pit. But this this was me. I felt like a complete failure, complete and utter failure. My mom said, just come back to the UK. I said, no, I can't. I need to, I need to prove this to myself. Oh, I got ripped off by builders, you name it. Anyhow, long story short, I was in such despair at that time. I was screaming at the universe for help. I didn't want to go on anymore. And so I finally started to listen. And I did Kumbo, which is a shamanic healing session. Uh, I did that very, very physical uh, because you purge a lot, a lot. Um, But I also... And that's where the change came in. I met my former mentor at a fair at Unity Spiritualist Church in St. Petersburg. And she was an Akashic record healer. So she would walk through past lives and heal that energy, heal that karma. And that really was so powerful because we went into a past life where my ex in Florida, and by the way, he's doing very well today. Uh, I'm still in, in touch with him from time to time, doing very well. Good. And he, apparently in another life, he poisoned me with an M, uh, poisoned me somehow. And I had suffered from terrible stomach issues um, when I met him. It's just, it just, I couldn't hold anything in literally nothing and I was still working my corporate job but I was just throwing up and um I really needed to heal that and so it was very funny funny that she mentioned that but after that session the energy completely changed it changed within me but also within him he left me alone he started to sort out his own life oh to grieve and I was like oh my goodness but not only that, I made a whole bucket list of things that I wanted to do. So I wanted to go skydiving. I'm scared of heights. <laughs> I was attached to someone and he goes, are you scared? Are you ready to jump? Oh, like I had a choice. Doink. <laughs> you know? And the other thing that I did, I mean, I did a couple more things, but the one thing I promised my stepdad when he crossed over from cancer, from throat cancer in, in 2000, I said, I'm going to run for cherry. I'm going to run for cancer. And I was running in my mind for like 16 years until finally I started doing it. It's never too late to do some of the things that we want to do. Oh, no, it's not. But so my life started to change because I wanted it to, but it was like I had more of an awareness because I was walking around with blinkers all the time and running away from my emotions. Oh, I was so good at that. But I also needed to forgive myself 
when I was able to forgive others, and sometimes it's very hard for other people to forgive others, but I always say, make sure to forgive yourself. Sometimes we go through life and, you know, especially when we're kids, it's not our fault, but it is our responsibility to heal at some stage, you know, because you're worthy of enjoying life, having that happiness and that love for yourself. It's so important, finding that joy within. So just very short. So from Reiki, I learned to channel automatic writing to channel under Alania Starhawk. And, um, and then later on, I also learned light language healing, which is very different because Reiki is very much either hands-on or distant healing, um, which I must say, sometimes I do incorporate the Reiki with it, but uh, light language is it's durable language. It's like minion language. You cannot understand it because it's ancient. It's cosmic. It's love and these are light codes so even though your your mind cannot comprehend it your soul understands these codes just beautifully and i've seen such beautiful results with it so sometimes people say you're very much woo, -woo. you're out there you're out there with the fairies and i'm like yes but i love being out there with the fairies and you know i love the i love that phrase woo, woo because we all are to some to some extent, okay? There's something that we all believe in that somebody else is gonna say, you know, like, how can you believe in that? But if it works for you, okay? Yes. And it's one of the things that I write daily is this works for me, it may not work for you, but as a coach, I'm giving you some opportunities that are out there and they're not just mine. Okay. They're yours. They're all the different people that I have on my podcast and say, look at, here's this toolbox. Yes. If you try it, it might fit. Okay. You can be Cinderella if you just keep trying things on. And yes, it's interesting because my youngest son moved away a year ago for a job a thousand miles away in the for the first six months you know you would have thought that the world was coming to an end he loved his job hated where he was didn't want to be away from us and I kept saying but you do want to be away from us for many years you talked about hey I need to move away I need to be on my own and so I would remind him of these things but it wasn't until Sadly, he got very, very ill. Um, we thought he was having a heart attack. Um, oh. He refused to call 911 to get help. So he stayed on the phone with me all night long as he's moaning and groaning. Now, if I had thought about it, I could have called 911 for him, but I didn't think yes. about that. But anyways, the next morning, he finally said to me, um, I'm calling 911. I said, why? He said, because I feel like I'm dying. Now, I'm a thousand miles away. Oh. So as it turns out, he had a gallbladder that was about to burst. Oh, So when he had his surgery and he came through, he said, I think I saw the light. And it was like, 
well, no, what light did you see? And he goes, no, no, mom, not that light. I think I saw, hey, I've been miserable for the last six months. He said, but it wasn't so much the physical, the things around me. He said, physically, I was ill. I didn't know it. And because I hurt so much, but I didn't know where the hurt was coming from. He said, I helped put it all into my head. Yep. And once he started healing from the surgery, his whole personality changed. His whole essence is, I just want people to be happy. I can't make them happy, but if I can do some things that they can see make me happy. And he now has a slew of friends. Um, yes, he still wants to come home, but it's not like, hey, I'm moving home next week. <laughs> Those are the things that when we feel that energy, it can change us. And we all have that opportunity. Yes, totally. I love that story. I think that's amazing. And sometimes we have to, sometimes, you know, the rat race in our minds, as I call it, 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 it ends up somewhere in our physical essence as a dis-ease. And it's amazing that he, boom, you know, even though his gallbladder needed birth, went in for surgery and he saw the light. And then it was like a, 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 an aha moment for him. That's great. And sometimes you need to be at that low in order to understand and to be able to see see the light. Unless you're an ostrich, right? Then, then, then you remain with your head in the sand. And, you know, some people like to live that way. Okay? Yes. Uh, I know quite a few people uh, that I have a, a friend who it's always everybody else's fault. It's never hers. And um, you know, when I have conversations with her, basically I let her talk yeah. because no matter what I'm going to say, it's not going to make a difference. Um, it took me a while to figure that out because I kept, you know, trying to say, oh, but did you try this? Did you try? This? And now it's like, no, you know, if that's where you want to be, then you can be there. I don't want to be in that position. Okay. I've been there. You know, like you said, ups and downs, life, you know, sometimes takes you there. And it's like, you know, I'm going to go bury my head in the sand for a little bit. Okay. But as soon as I pick my head up and I see the sunlight, it's like, there's so much more to live for. And it doesn't make Absolutely. any difference what your age is. No, it doesn't. So how can our listeners find you? And again, what I want to tell our listeners is that it makes no difference where any of us are located, although you happen to be in Spain, right? For now. For now. Um, but today, because of technology, we can communicate and assist each other. So give us a little bit of background how they can find you. So they can find me via my website, www.powersoulhealing.com. And I have a YouTube channel. Um, where I also post my, post my interviews and my light language um, uh, healing activations, whether that's for anxiety or fear, you know, any anything or, you know, giving ourselves space to breathe. Um, 
and they're short they're like two or three minutes and then I'm on Instagram under Universal Light Warriors um yes and that's how they can get a hold of me I love it and I'll, we'll put all that in the show notes so for those of you listening if you're listening uh audio it will be in those show notes if you're watching on YouTube uh be in those and uh there's no excuse and I always recommend you know look beyond you know there's so many things in western medicine that we think we have to do to get better and maybe you do because we're not doctors we're not telling you what is the right thing but there are so many things out there that you can try that will not hurt you the first time i tried reiki i was here in cleveland ohio and the person was in israel and I did not believe, because she said to me, tonight at midnight your time, yeah. I'm going to be doing Reiki on you. And yeah. I said, well, I'll be asleep. And she goes, doesn't matter. I'll do it. And I woke up in the morning. And the first thing I did was I ran to the computer and sent an email and said, what did you do to me? And, she, you know, when she responded, she said, no, how did you feel? And I said, like a burden was off my shoulders, but I didn't yeah. know I had a burden on my shoulders at the time. She said, but that's where you carry it all. Yeah, it was yeah. there. Yeah. Now I tried doing it with with a Reiki. Um, and what what is their actual title? A person who does Reiki. Reiki healer. Okay. So I was actually in the same room and I think I was distracted because I was in the same room. Yeah. But afterwards I said, yeah, this didn't work. And she goes, well, next time I'm not going to tell you when I'm performing Reiki on you. Yep. And something changed and it was like, I'm not going to even call to ask. I'm going to believe that's what she did because yep. it makes me feel lighter. Yep. And, you know, like, like you said earlier, what works for one doesn't work for another. And trust me, I've been to healing sessions and it did nothing for me. But that doesn't mean that I gave up on healing myself. It's just finding finding what's right for you. And just because I do what I do, I say to people, you don't have to believe what, anything I, that I do. Um, you have to just do what aligns with your spirit. And that's okay. If that's Western medication, if it's counseling, cognitive cognitive you know a behavioral therapist you do whatever agrees with with your soul it doesn't matter but the one thing i will say is remember and that's why like with reiki it is powerful it doesn't matter where you are in the world because we're energy and that's why we you know we healers i mean we're just tools in the toolbox but we help transmute and transform that energy and that's why I always say, like me, you know, I help jolt those stagnant particles within you so that you become more, more aware and that you can shift your consciousness. And that's basically what we do because we don't heal the person themselves. The person heals themselves. The person or the client. Yeah, exactly. Right. They heal themselves. We're merely the tool, merely right. the key in the lock. I love it. Well, have a wonderful evening because we're, 
a time difference. It's almost time for your dinner. It's almost time for my lunch. So yes. we'll talk again in the near future. Thank you so much. Thank Have you so much, day. Karen. Bye-bye now. Bye.